Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today it is a GHSA Boys Basketball Elite 8 Preview Podcast. Before we get into it, just want to announce that the March 20th Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase still available spots left. Looking for some boys 2022 to 2026. It will be at Chesty High School in Gainesville. Going to have some former college coaches helping direct camp with hands-on player uh, breakdown, breaking them down into uh, teams. We're going to have some gameplay. We're going to have some skill work, some stations. Going to try and have some college coaches in the building as far as recruiting goes. You know the media coverage will be unmatched as far as this Kyle Sandy 355 Twitter account goes. Pumping that out. Every player that attends camp will get a player analysis evaluation, of course, to uh, have as they head into travel ball season. So keep in mind, March 20th, the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase. More information on sandyspiel.com and at KyleSandy355 on Twitter. But now it's time to talk about the Class 7A Boys State Playoffs. We saw Milton, a 69-32 winner over Marietta, which sets up a matchup with Pebblebrook, 72-37 over Collins Hill. This is a rematch of last year's Final Four matchup, which Milton won 74-67. These two teams have been red hot all season long. Pebblebrook ranked number one. I believe Milton comes in at number two in the final regular season polls. Uh, boy, this game is going to be played at Pebblebrook, and I know Pebblebrook has uh, revenge on their mind. Milton, of course, it's been a, an interesting season to say the least, but Coach Whitehart has righted the ship, uh, but he has an unenviable task going up against a loaded Pebblebrook team. Uh, Kamai Young going to Ryder has really been the dude this year, uh, has taken over as the region player of the year, and he has helped in Jine Simon, a uh, really good player, and Andre Young going to uh, Troy. Um, so just a lot, a lot, a lot of weapons for Pebblebrook. But, of course, Milton, Bruce Thornton, he's seen literally everything you could possibly see as a high school basketball player. Kanan Carlisle going to Stanford, a five-star junior. You got LT Overton inside. I know he's only 6'5", but the number one ranked football prospect in his class, uh, a bulldozer around the rim. Obviously, um, depth is an issue for Milton. They usually play five or six guys. Not going to go too much deeper into their rotation. Uh, fouls haven't, I guess, haven't been a, a huge issue. They know how to defend without fouling. Uh, but Pebblebrook's going to put them in some spots that most teams cannot put them in as far as their firepower and their quickness and their three-level scoring ability. Um, my original pick uh, has been Milton to make the Final Four. And as I look at my bracket, I was 8-for-8 eight eight in the Sweet 16, and I've only picked one game wrong, and that was a Denmark uh, losing to Mountain View in the first round. So um, we've only missed on one. I, I'm going to stick with my original pick of Milton. I know it's going to be a tall task. I know they might be an underdog here, which you can't say very often um, for the Eagles, but I'm going to stick with Milton just I'm just putting faith in Bruce Thornton and Coach Whitehart and Kanan Carlisle, Chase Cormier, knocking down shots. Uh, Pellbrook has some length around the rim, and they're just, you know, they can get out and get you. Um, But I'm going to go with Milton 
to make it back to the final four. Bottom left-hand side, uh, we saw Burkmar 71-53 over Hillgrove, but Grayson 69-63 against Mountain View really, really, really struggled uh, with the Mountain View team that played very well down the stretch. Finishes their season at 17-11, and 11, but that was a surprising outcome that Grayson could not put that game away. They are going to have to play much, 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 much better if they want to beat Berkmar, of course, a very tough team, a very good team um, that is trying to make it back to Macon. My original pick was Berkmar here, and I'm going to stick with that. Berkmar, of course, Malik Ewan inside, banging bodies with Chauncey Wiggins and Amir Taylor. That'll be a, a fun matchup to see uh, if Berkmar is able to get out in transition. Jamari Hill, of course, does a lot of damage downhill, and Jamil Rideout, a really good guard. But Jakari Harris has been great for Grayson this season, his sophomore season. Has been really strong. And Tyrese Elliott, he's a bowling ball when he decides to get to the rim. Um, Grayson uh, does have home court advantage here. Uh, but Burkmar has been very tough all throughout. Again, of course, at this stage of the game, you pretty much expect every game to go down to the wire. Uh, I'm going with my original pick of Burkmar. Um, but Grayson, um, they have as many weapons as anybody. But I'm sticking with Burkmar here. Top right-hand side, Newton pulled away from West Forsyth after a very competitive first half. I think it was 41-34 at halftime or in that area. But Newton, you know, the, the press really just wore on West Forsyth and they just got out and ran to an 80-59 victory. And then you have Archer, 65-43 winner over Walton. This is a rematch of earlier in the season, a 61-60 win for Newton Archer, that's been the M.O., play the best of the best, extremely close, but just can't quite get over the hump. And talking about this game, talking about Class 7A as a whole, as I take a step back before we dive into the matchups here, uh, hey, I see eight teams left in Class 7A. I see eight teams currently ranked in the top 10. So the cream rises to the top at the end of the day. The best of the best are here, so we can't really complain too much about this, that, or the other, eight top ten teams are left standing in the Elite Eight. Pretty good stuff. But Archer, again, that defense, they are going to bring the fight to Newton. They can match up. Maybe not as far as the length uh, goes and the size, I guess, uh, on the interior, as Daniel Pounds has an advantage, Myo K. Grant has an advantage for Newton. But Archer, they have those big guards, Damani Harrison, uh, Christian Drummer, they have that length. They have that physical toughness. They are going to challenge Newton for every inch on the floor. Newton, of course, if you have three high major guards, I know they're juniors, but you got three high major guards, you're looking at an Archer team, which is very good, but they don't have one Division One player on the roster. Theoretically speaking, you would think Newton should win this game if they're that much more talented, but crazy things happen this time of year. Archer playing with house money. This is the deepest run they've ever made. This is a very good team. This is a team that we set at the very beginning of the season when they were preseason ranked. This is a potential disruptor in Class 7A. This is a team that no one's going to want to see come state tournament time. Newton is my pick. I'm going to stick with them. But again, they only survived by one point last time. The Rams might not be that lucky this time around. Archer is going to give them everything, but I think Newton behind Stefan Castle and friends, I think they find a way past 
Archer, but it's not going to be easy. Bottom right-hand side, North Gwinnett, 67-57, erases new EC from the state playoffs. And now it is a rematch with Norcross. Norcross, 43-35, not very pretty, a defensive battle. They win over Lowndes, who eh, we will see. But this is a rematch of last year's Sweet 16 game, a game that was won by North Gwinnett, 38-37, if uh, Norcross plays like how they did against Lowndes, uh, expect this one to be uh, a low-scoring defensive battle, which is fine with North Gwinnett. I like North Gwinnett in this game. Uh, Norcross has just had too many guys move out over the course of uh, the past 12 months, and North Gwinnett has benefited from a couple guys moving in. Duke Clayton's a good big body. Of course, R.J. Godfrey, everything's going to start and stop with him inside. They do have some talented guards, and Thomas Allard can get hot from deep. Norcross, can they get enough scoring outside of London Johnson, Jerry Ding, and then Samarian Bond? Is there enough offense outside of those three? A lot of attention is going to be put on London Johnson, and then Jerry Ding. Uh, you know, he's not super explosive, but he's a really good shooter, and he could score over top on drives downhill but he's going to see some big bodies and some length around the rim for North Gwinnett. Uh, I think an X factor in this game, as he's been all season for the Bulldogs, is Dylan Gary. That is a very good wing player, 6'4", 6'5", just you know, scores at multiple levels, makes a lot of great plays defensively. I think he is an ace up North Gwinnett's sleeve. I think Coach Garner has a really good one. And Dylan Gary, that might not have as much publicity as some of the other players on that roster, but he can really get the job done on both ends of the floor. I like North Gwinnett to punch their ticket to the Final Four. Up next in Class 6A, seven out of eight games predicted correctly in the Sweet 16 round. We saw Carrollton 76-72 over Evans and led by a lot in this game. Uh, Now they see Buford 62-51 got the win down in Statesboro. Um, Buford was my original Final Four pick. I'm going to stick with them here. But again, Carrollton is just playing out of their minds. Um, you know, they beat Centennial. Evans, not, you know, a, a solid team, but not a top 10 team. They opened up in the top 10, I believe, but, you know, quickly fell out. Solid team, solid season, but not that 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 firepower like you would see with some of these other teams in Class 6A. But now they see Buford. Buford getting that gutsy win. Uh, in a tough facility down there in Statesboro. Um, Buford, again, I feel like they've been the better team all season, but Carrollton is scary hot right now. Uh, I'm going with Buford. Uh, Malachi Brown at the point guard position, I think he has to really control the tempo, and if Carrollton throws any chaotic pressure defense, he, he has to be able to be the one that calms down Buford and gets them into their offense. Again, Jalen Taylor, he has to really be uh, – he really has to be strong in this game. Him and London Williams, you know, Carrollton doesn't have a ton of size. Uh, those two guys have to be big on the interior and in the paint, getting second-chance opportunities. And then Alon Sumler, who's been great all season long. I'm going with Buford in this one, but Carrollton, again, very scary just with how, how many options they can throw out there that can score 10, 12 points on any given night. But I'm going to go with Buford. Bottom left-hand side, Sequoia. In overtime, 84-75 over Rockdale. Now they see Kell, a 76-61 winner over Tucker. Kell is the pick I went with when I first filled out my bracket, and I'm going to stick with that, but they are going to really 
be put in some precarious positions with how well Sequoia moves on offense and how they get open shots and let it fly from the three-point line. Uh, if Kell is going to play a man-to-man defense, I just don't know who Peyton Marshall is going to be able to cover because Fisher Mitchell is going to stretch him out to the three-point line, and he's comfortable out there, and I'm sorry, but it's tough for big seven-footers that are close to 300 pounds to move their feet and guard on the perimeter and close out. Now, if they play a zone, okay, that might help out, but that's going to put them in some more spots that are difficult because Sequoia, they can shoot you out of the zone. So this is going to be a challenging matchup, but I do like the athleticism of Kale with Aaron Smith crashing the glass. Um, Paris Johnson uh, has, has had some spurts throughout the season. Dylan Cambridge, all these guys, they really have to use that and use that to their advantage like they did in the preseason scrimmage against a River Ridge team. Uh, very different uh, roster construction than what Sequoia has, but they have to use that to their advantage. They have to turn this into, I would say, an up-tempo game, but Sequoia is really good in the up-tempo game, too. They already scored over 130 points in one game in the postseason. Um, This is going to be a battle of wills here. If they can establish Peyton Marshall inside, theoretically speaking, Sequoia has no one that can stop him down low. But if Sequoia is able to space out the floor, which they're excellent at doing so, Kell is going to really be, um, you know, chasing around and have to run these guys off the line. And if they can get Sequoia to get downhill and try and challenge that shot blocker and Marshall, Marshall, uh, you would hope, is going to be able to make life tough and limit any second chances and really alter shots downhill. But if Sequoia is, you know, forced out to shoot a bunch of threes and a a lot of mid-range jumpers, I think they're going to be content with that and they're going to hit a lot of them. I'm going with Kell. Uh, but this is going to be a very tough matchup for them defensively. Top right-hand side, Wheeler, 63-62 over Westlake. Uh, very fortunate for Wheeler to win that game. They were, I don't want to say, you know, had that game kind of handed to them. They they didn't. They had to still make plays late, but... Um, we saw the, 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 the video on Twitter. There, there was not a travel on Westlake there. I consulted with a, uh, a, a, an official who also agreed that probably wasn't, um, probably wasn't a travel there. Didn't look like it. Very fortunate. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have to have luck on your side. And Wheeler necessarily, definitely, uh, they, they did have that on their side. But they did make the plays. Arrington Page to get that slam late to get the win. Uh, so kudos for Wheeler for not, you know, winning that game slip away when Westlake really had a firm hold of it. And then you see Grovetown, 78-54 over Alexander. I was worried about Alexander in a spot like this. And now Grovetown has Wheeler at home. And I think Wheeler is on Huge upset alert. I think they're in trouble in this game. I really do think they're in trouble in this game. Franquan Sherman is a is a you know a, a great, terrific player that's going to be a Division One player if everything goes according to plan. He is going to give Wheeler some fits, and Grovetown is athletic, and they do have length, and they do have some decent guard play. They have a lot of pieces, and it's going to be on the road, and Wheeler. They're going to have to play better than what they did against Westlake. Now, Westlake, of course, uh, a top five team in the state, so it's not like they were struggling with a a Joe Schmo team, but they're really going to have to bring it. I think Wheeler is on upset alert here. I don't know if they're going to be able um, to have the benefit of the whistle here or there. This is going to be a tough environment. I'm very nervous for Wheeler. I've, I've seen this story before. I think Wheeler, I'm going to stick with my original pick. 
of winning this game, but Isaiah Collier, he has to be a five-star point guard. Uh, Arrington Page, he has to be a Division I post-presence. Uh, Kyle Burns, he has to be a Radford signing. He's a Division I player. He's going to have to play like it. All these guys, all this all this talent on that roster, they're going to have to live up to the billing, which they've done all season long, and Wheeler wins close games, and they're super tough to eliminate, but whoever wins this game I think is a favorite to win the state title, and I think they will win the state title. I'm going with Wheeler, but uh, they are going to have to play exceptionally well if they want to win this game. It is going to be very, very, very tough to beat Grovetown in the CSRA. Bottom right-hand side, Langston Hughes, Rory Welsh. We talked about it in the preview podcast. This guy always has his teams playing exceptionable, exceptionable, exceptional basketball, uh, exceptional basketball. I don't know what that was, but great basketball in the state playoffs, especially February. And if you get to March and Rory Welsh is still in the postseason, be careful. A 57-53 winner over Osborne. And now they see River Ridge 72-54. They handled Valdosta quite easily down south. Now River Ridge gets a home game. Uh, Of course, the size of River Ridge is always going to pose problems with Jared Russo. uh, And also Braden Pierce. Guard play has always been my thing with this team. I don't know if they have elite guard play to beat other teams with elite guards. Um, just looking at their matchups, they haven't seen that that super backcourt yet in the postseason. Rome has some nice guards, but they're not super elite guards. They're, they're very good high school players, and Jaquan Nelson's going to be a very good player, but they're not that elite level. And you saw Valdosta. They don't have elite guard play. And you're seeing a team in Langston Hughes that – they, you know, Kobe Davis is a very good player, and he had Division One offers. He's going up, I believe, junior college now, Cali College. He's good. He's good. He's one of the better guards in the state of Georgia. I don't know if I would necessarily establish him, lock him down as elite, but he is very, very good, and I think he will be one of the best guards on the floor. But David Hansrod, he's he's super important for River Ridge. He's their best scorer. I know they dump the ball and they play high-low basketball to Jared Russo inside, and he's had a tremendous year. Um, but on the perimeter, you have to have some scoring on the perimeter uh, eventually in the postseason. David has been very good for River Ridge, um, but I just wonder against any type of pressure. I know I'm sure Valdosta threw some uh, threw some different looks at them, and and they were able to uh, you know flourish and get the job done. But Langston Hughes, Rory Welsh, this guy wins big games uh, for a living in you know high school basketball he's done it multiple times uh and they have some talented players john mcqueen moved in from wd muhammad is a real good one um you've seen other guys tim james is a move and all these guys a lot of move-ins this year but a big body that is going to play a big role big football player jelani thurman six foot seven over 230 pounds he is going to be a key factor in trying to slow down what River Ridge likes to do as far as punching the ball down low. Who do I like in this matchup? I haven't even gotten that far into looking. River Ridge at home, Langston Hughes. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the three seed of Langston Hughes. I just, I just trust the guard play. Uh, I just trust how these guys are all veterans, as is River Ridge, but 
Um, this team has beaten Effingham County on the road, a big win. They have beaten Osborne, a very big win. They had that game at home, but now they head on the road to River Ridge. I just think if they're at full strength, uh, there is a lot of talent on this Langston Hughes roster, and of course, Rory Welsh has his team playing their best basketball at the right time. I think Langston Hughes finds a way past River Ridge into the Final Four. Next up, we are in Class 5A, six of eight games predicted correctly, but we took some shots to the bow. A huge win for Jonesboro over St. Pius on the top left-hand side, 65-64, a game I was fortunate enough to watch on NFHS. That was a terrific back-and-forth game. A great game. I thought A.J. Horton hit some huge shots for Jonesboro. Uh, I thought they did a very nice job handling pressure and splitting traps and getting it to the open man. Um, just a, a great high school basketball game. Um, all the way around, I thought a lot of guys made plays on both sides of the floor. But for Jonesboro to go out and secure that victory um, in a very tough environment, incredibly Incredibly impressive, and now they go on, and they will see Loganville, a 60-37 to winner over Dutchtown, putting an end to the Cinderella story, but Loganville has a home game now at the Inferno. It's going to be a doubleheader. Um, Loganville has had a very nice season, and Chris Dorber has just been a man-child that is you know, carrying this team and has just been terrific. All year long, really been the catalyst uh, for what Loganville has been able to do, the Region 8 Player of the Year. Uh, but now they're seeing a team that is is good and is very well coached and has a lot of options and has size and athleticism and length. This is going to be a very difficult game for Loganville to win. Giannis Woods inside a 6'7 can alter shots. Cayman Brown is a tough-nose 6'5 wing. Um, Devin Rainey is about 6'4 on the perimeter. There's just a lot of options. And Daniel Mailman, he delivers. The Mailman delivers in the state tournament. And after passing that test against St. Pius, uh, I think Loganville is next in line to fall to Jonesboro. It's going to be a tough one for Loganville. I think with the home crowd, they're going to be in this one. But Jonesboro... Uh, I think they got everything back on track, and they are rolling right now. I like Jonesboro to make it to the Final Four. On the bottom left-hand side, Hiram, 69-63, gets rid of Warner Robins. Another impressive win for Hiram. But now they see Eagles landing 62-52 over Walnut Grove. Walnut Grove played them extremely well, and they were able to kind of dictate the tempo for a little while. Eagles Landing is going to have to uh, be able to impose their will more against a Hiram team that is really starting to believe. But what I believe is that Eagles Landing has been the best team in Class 5A all season long. David Thomas came on strong down the stretch against Walnut Grove, and then A.J. Barnes is a – you know, he's just a handful to deal with. And Jordan Fordyce, I know he doesn't like to shoot too many jump shots, but he's a very good athlete, a very good slasher, and helps out a lot on defense. I think Eagles Landing, um, they've been that, like I said, they've been that top dog we've thought all season long. Um, no reason to go against that now, but I know Hiram is playing with extreme confidence. 
Jaden Clark's a really good scrappy point guard that gets it done on defense. Walter Matthew has a size and physicality inside. And they got a couple other players. Sakai Lockhart, um, you know, makes plays. But I think Eagles Landing at home, the defending state champs with all that talent, I like the Eagles to advance back to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Chapel Hill, a 77-54 winner over Griffin. And Tri-City, 60-59, a one-point win, pulling it out over Lithonia. That was a very good game, and now Tri-Cities is really going to have to bring it and lock back in and play some very good basketball because it's not going to get any easier with Chapel Hill. Um, you know, Chapel Hill, they are a team that has some length and some really good athletes. Kyrus, you said, is a big guard. Peyton Weathersby is a very um, good scorer. I like him a lot. And Shai Shannon, of course, at 6'6", bouncy. And Calvin Hunter at 6'7", a forward that blocks shots. And, you know, I would say Tri-Cities, I guess they, they do have the advantage at the guard spot. Not saying Chapel Hill doesn't have good guards. They have very quality guards. But Tri-Cities has Division One level guards led by Simeon Cottle. The Kennesaw State signee, um, he is a, uh, a really tough guard that just sees the floor so well, shoots the ball well, just knows how to get others involved and knows when to score and come up big when needed. Um, he had 28 points against Lithonia. Corey Mincy, who moved in from Luella, had 14 points. And then uh, another move in, uh, and Eric Smarr, who came over from Noonan, uh, he had some big free throws down the stretch. So there's just a lot to choose from. Noriko Danner moved in there as well. You know, Tri-Cities has a lot. Just just a good overall roster from top to bottom. Ryan Matthew is a shot blocker inside that transferred in as well. Uh uh, so that this is a team that I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna go with Tri Cities. That was my original pick. I just think they have a lot of bolts in the chamber. But Chapel Hill, a scary team. They they can uh, they can do some things because you look at them and think they want to play super fast and get out and run run run. Um, but Coach Latham, they're very patient on offense. They don't have a problem playing in the half court and getting the shots they want. I think this should be a an entertaining, fun game, but I think Tri-Cities down the stretch finds a way to pull it out behind the senior guard, Simeon Cottle. Bottom right-hand side, Woodland Stockbridge, 59-49 over New Manchester, and now they see Calhoun, 78-61, winner over Veterans. Calhoun, a team that I had in the preseason top 10, fell out for a little bit while they were waiting for football players and getting everybody on the same page. This is a good team. You had the two co-region players of the year, Dylan Faulkner, 23 points against veterans, and that's battling against a 6'10", 6'11", post player, uh, and Aaron Jones for veterans. Peyton Law um, going to play at Friedman Hardman. Uh, Fried Hardman, 22 points, a 6'6", wing. You see the freshman inside, only about 6'2", 6'3", but Imari Winston has incredible hands and is a big body, and a, he's just a terrific rebounder. He had 17 points. And Jalen Harris, about 6'3", on the perimeter, 14 points, and that win over veterans, a very good defensive team. Woodland Stockbridge has been getting a lot from Mason Lewis, who is really starting to make a name for himself in the state of Georgia as a young guard, has come on extremely strong, and he's getting some help from other guys like Christian Watkins, a quick guard as well. Um, but I like this Calhoun team. I think this is a team that I was you know, trying to 
champion all season long. I was just waiting for them to get healthy, waiting for them to get healthy. I know Hiram beat them a few times, but this is a good team when you have 6'8 and 6'6 and some yeah, you know, the guard plays, it's okay. It's not their strongest point, but it's not bad by any means. I do think Woodland Stockbridge has a chance with the backcourt members I mentioned, namely Mason Lewis. But Calhoun, if they can control this game, get the ball inside to Faulkner, who's a double-double machine. I think he just had over 20 rebounds in his last game. And then Peyton Law that does a little bit of everything. Calhoun is a very good team. Calhoun wins this game. I have them making it to the final four getting it done at the Hive, home court advantage. Six out of eight games correctly predicted in Class 4A. Classification that is uh, taking form, really taking form, uh, with a lot of the best teams in the state still in it. I see multiple top ten teams. I see one, two, three, let's see. I only see Doherty. I know Maris has been in and out of the top ten, but for the most part, some really good teams. Let's start on the top left-hand side. Doherty, 66-65, knock off Caleb Banks and Fayette County. Bakari Bryant, again, as stated in previous podcasts, a terrific coach, gets the most out of his players, and does so when it matters most. Doherty, very dangerous. I know they're only, what, 15-11 and 11 overall, but they're coming out of that very tough Region 1 that was able to put... Let's see. Looks like three teams into the Elite Eight. Tough, 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 tough region. Battle-tested. They got the job done against Fayette County. They will see Spencer, 62-35. Too big, too athletic, too strong for North Oconee. Powered past them. So now we see Doherty and Spencer. And again, Doherty gets the job done. This is a good team. Bryant, a great coach, but I think Spencer, you know, this is where Spencer has kind of come up short in years past. This is where the the rubber hits the road here. They haven't really been able to get over that hump. Uh, Last year, looking at Spencer, uh, it was a sweet 16. They lost by one to Westover, and they've they've had really good teams in the past, Spencer, and they keep adding on talent and adding on talent and size and this and that. They have a lot of guys. Is this year the year? I've been kind of playing them off, pushing them off to the side for a little bit. I know the roster is there, or the talent on the roster is there, but I just wasn't sure. Can they do it? It will be tough against Doherty, um, but I think I'm going with Spencer. I think Spencer is ready to cement themselves as a true title contender. Like I said, they definitely have enough talent to do so. I'm going with Spencer to get the job done at home against Doherty. Learn from their mistakes of last year on that last second buzzer beater. Spencer to the final four. Tyson McDaniels leading the way. Bottom left-hand side, we saw Monroe, 72-58 over Central Carrollton, was in control throughout. They see Maris, 60-40. to They trounce the defending state champs at Baldwin. That was shocking. Obviously, I picked Baldwin to win, but if Maris won, okay, it is what it is. But by 20 points, Maris took Baldwin out to the woodshed and put it on them. Incredible performance by Maris. They are having a banner year on the boys and girls side, but they, you know, just what what a season they've had. So now they see Monroe. Monroe was my original pick to go to the Final Four. I'm, I'm going to stick with them, but Maris... 
playing great. Again, a team that I don't even think they have anyone that averages 10 points, you know, nine points here, eight points here, seven points here, good defense here, uh, good outside shooting when you need it there. This is a, a, a quality team, a team that I thought was going to be in the hunt in the preseason. It wasn't, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I would have picked them to make it to the Elite Eight, but this Maris team is very good. They play good defense, and they get the job done on offense. I'm going with Monroe here, but this is going to be played at Marist. It's going to be a tough environment. I think Dominic Henderson, he has to shine for Monroe. He has to be the unmatched superstar in this game um, for the Golden Tornadoes to win. I'm going with Monroe here, but I think Marist, they have proven they deserve a seat at the table um, they're going to fight, 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 fight all throughout. I'm going with Monroe, but it's going to be tough. Top right-hand side, Druid Hill, 72-44. to 44. Powered pass Perry. Pushing P wasn't that hard to do. Big, big win. Uh, now they play against McDonough, a 69-42 winner over Benedictine. Yeah, boy, McDonough has been the best team in Class 4A all season long. Druid Hills is hungry and surging at the right time, and they are demanding their respect. And they had this game at home. And as I mentioned with Sam Crenshaw in 92-9 the game, this is a relentless student section. A, pack that place out. It's an old gym. It's not the sexiest, but it has a lot of character, and it has a lot of wins in there this year. It's going to be tough for McDonough, but I'm going with McDonough. Davion Thomas, that is the guy this year. I think he might win Class 4A Player of the Year. But again, we got to see if they get the job done. But I like them. I like B.J. Thomas. That's a team that's starting to play with a chip on their shoulder after a little Twitter kerfuffle with a talking head that said Fayette County was better than uh, McDonough, even though McDonough beat them two out of three times. Fayette County, home. McDonough still playing. And I think McDonough is still playing in the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Jefferson, 64-62. They beat Westside Macon in overtime. Westside Macon was horrendous from the free throw line. This game, this is, this is pretty wild that Jefferson won this game because Westside Macon was in control. Miss free throw after miss free throw after miss free throw after miss free throw. They let Jefferson win this game by missing so many foul shots down the stretch. But Jefferson, they found a way. They got it done at home. But now they're going on the road to Westover, 65-57 over Luella. It was a pretty close result. Pretty surprising Luella was able to play Westover that close. Uh, Westover's been a terrific team all season long, as has Jefferson. Jefferson had Caden Bailey back. He was big down the stretch with rebounds and AM1 putbacks. Dalen Gales was tremendous. He uh, has really had just a, a great season uh, for Jefferson, just a tough-nosed guard that can get downhill and score on floaters. And then JT Falkrod hits timely shots. And, hey, Riley Hallman hit a big one late as well. Um, I'm going with, mm, as I look at it here, I have Jefferson in my original Final Four Um but I don't know. The South might have something to say here. I don't want to go against my original pick. I'm kind of leaning towards Westover here. Uh, I guess I'll stick with Jefferson because that's, you know, like I said, that's my original pick. But I don't feel overly confident here. Westover is really, really good. And that Region 1 is really, really tough. But I'm going to stick with Jefferson. I think Gales and company, I think they get the job done. But they're going to have to play much better 
than they did in the Sweet 16. And you could say the same about Westover. Same thing. I think both teams kind of survived somewhat of clunkers in the second round. I think they really have to ramp it up a notch if they want to make it to the Final Four. And I'm going with Jefferson to pull it out against a very, very, very good Westover team. Up next, it's Class 3A, six out of eight games we got correct. (sighs) Some big ones we did not. Sandy Creek, again, fails in the state playoffs. Not as big as a failure as last year in the uh, state championship game when they had a future number one draft pick, but... You know, we were t- saying all season long, number one and number two, Windsor four, Sandy Creek, it's going to be nip and tuck. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to flip-flop a lot. Uh, but Sandy Creek held to just 37 points on their home floor, lose 47-37 to Windsor Force. So Windsor Force, you would assume, is the favorite to win the state title, possibly, as Savannah and Augusta across these next upcoming classifications has really dominated this Savannah has dominated in the postseason, something that, you know, they were saying that Region 3 was going to do it. Region 3 put all four teams into the Elite Eight, and Windsor Force is the one leading them. Now, Windsor Force sees Sumter County, 52-41 winner over LFO. Sumter County is very good, people. They are 27-2. They are very good. They will have home court advantage against Windsor Force. This is not a foregone conclusion to see... Windsor Force uh, just waltz her way into the Final Four into a state title. That is not necessarily going to happen. Kyrick Davis is a very good player for Sumter County. Demetrius Hurley was a first-team pick out of Region 2. Cameron Evans, Brandon Pope, second-teamers. This Sumter County team is very, very good. They're athletic. They can score the ball on multiple levels. They're very balanced. Windsor Force is going to have to play exceptionally well to beat Sumter County. I kind of want to go with Sumter County, but with the vibes that South or uh, you know South Georgia Savannah, I guess you could say, what Savannah has been doing right now in multiple classifications, I think you just have to ride the wave. It is tough to pick against Savannah schools. They've been battle tested and now they've proven it when it matters most. I'm going Windsor Forest to make it to the final four. Bottom left-hand side, Jonathan Savannah, 52-46 over Redan, and Thompson, 69-44 over Hart County. Again, it's very challenging to pick against Savannah, but I don't know. Are we just going to throw all four Savannah teams into the Final Four? I really don't know. Uh, As I stated recently, that Augusta area has been having a terrific banner season in the postseason. Thompson just dismantling Hart County like that. And now we'll have Johnson on the road. I think Johnson's really, really good. I I, I really love Tony Baker and I love Ted Hurst. And they're good. And DeMond Hendricks is a great guard. And Chuck gets a lot out of these kids. They're really good. But Thompson has been great as well. Thompson's sitting there at 22-2. and two. Thompson has beaten good teams. Thompson has been battle-tested as well throughout the year. This is a very tough game to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with my original pick of Thompson, but I'm, I'm not surprised at all if Johnson wins. And as I said, these Savannah teams are just red hot right now, and they're running through the competition. But I, I do have to think... Thompson is better than Redan, and Thompson's going to be better than Tattnall County. Thompson has been 
a top five, top six, top seven team all season long. Johnson has been a really good team that has seen a lot of competition. Um, they floated in and out of the top ten. I think they have a great shot at winning this one, but I just don't think it's as easy as just advancing all four teams from Savannah into the Final Four. I think someone has to lose, right? And I think Thompson is a good enough team to survive a very tough Johnson-Savannah team. Thompson gets a win at home. Top right-hand side, Cross Creek. Once, twice, three times a winner over Lafayette. 50-47, to 47, not much else to say. Aiden Hadaway went out with a bang. I think he had 23 points, 12 rebounds. Antoine Lorick, I heard, fouled out in this game, but Cross Creek still owns Lafayette in the state playoffs. And Lafayette, now it's back to the drawing board as far as how will they continue to schedule to win these games and continue to run that record up. It will be difficult for this team to compete at the state level next year, but a great run comes to a close to Cross Creek again. Who sees Groves, who beat GAC, and oh my gosh, GAC, they did not like the officiating, saying there were a lot of travel calls and this and the other, a lot of interesting stuff. I haven't seen the film, so I, I don't have a dog in this fight. I can't say either way if GAC got homered or not, but Groves, a good defensive team, Gerald Colonel. Blocking shots, the Johnson boys, uh, not related from what I've been told, but very good scoring the ball. So Groves versus Cross Creek. Uh, Cross Creek was my original pick here. Uh, again, Groves playing that defense. Groves, uh, uh, the Road Rebels not even having a real home court facility. They're going to have Cross Creek coming to Savannah. Tough to pick against Groves, but Cross Creek has been a been there, done that team. I really love this matchup. Is going down to the wire. Um, I uh, Groves has a lot of momentum right now. I will say they have a lot of momentum right now, but I think I'm going to go with the team that's been there before. I think I'm going to go with Cross Creek, but again, uh-uh, I'm not feeling too confident in any of these Elite Eight predictions. And lastly, bottom right-hand side, Burke County, 70-53 over Ringgold versus Beach, 57-52. They pulled it out over White County. Um, we're trailing a, a good chunk of that game, but Shamari Huey, who I said was just going to be a little bit too much, a little bit too much for White County to stop. He had a huge game and carried the Bulldogs into the Elite Eight. Burke, very athletic team, very long team. You know, another one of these these Region 4 versus Region 3 matchups, um, which is going to be the third one. We will, we will quickly decide which region is better, Region 3 or Region 4, Augusta area region or Savannah area region. We're going to know, but, you know, we could see a split. Um, who am I going with in this one? I know Beach is player personnel better, and I think they're very, very good with Shamar Huey and Larry Thompson or yeah, Larry Johnson. But you know, this is a game that's going to be played at Burke County. Uh, Burke had a, a big win over Peach County. So they have seen teams that can really fire it and score with the best of them. Um, I don't know. This is a, a real coin flip game, a real coin flip game. My, my, my saying I like to turn to when I don't really know what to expect I think I I might lean towards Burke County in this one. Uh, 
Coach Dukes does a, a pretty good job over there. Uh, they do have two juniors that lead the team in scoring. Takavian Hires, 12 points a game. Uh, Kinte Gross, 12, 11 points a game. They're athletic. I think they might be a little deeper offensively than Beach, but I guess I'm going with Burke County in this one, but I'm not very confident again. So I guess that would put us at Windsor Forest to the Final Four, Thompson to the Final Four, Cross Creek, and Burke. So it looks like I have three teams coming out of that CSRA region to make it to the Final Four in Class 3A. All hell broke loose in Class 2A. Four out of eight games predicted correctly. Missed a lot. Augusta ran rough shot through Atlanta. But first, we will start on the top left-hand side. Northeast Macon, 72. Kusa, 57. Vidalia, I said they were going to have a good defensive game plan. They're not going to let Christian Anderson beat them. Christian Anderson didn't beat them. 93-68. to 68. Vidalia crushes, love it. Uh, held Anderson to six points in the first half. Ended up with his 20, but... Tommy Daly, heck of a coach. He knows what he's doing. Vidalia is very, very good. Um, they really put it on uh, Love It and got the job done. And they had some big explosive offensive performances. Uh, Ty Daly with 34 points, a Region 2 Player of the Year. And then a first-teamer in Bryson, Bryson Witted, uh, 27 points. So the two baseball standouts getting the job done done for Vidalia and I like Vidalia to get the job done again at home against Northeast Macon I think they're going to be able to slow down Travion Solomon and company if they were able to do it against Lovett and Christian Anderson I think they can do it again against Northeast now Northeast is a more balanced scoring team than Lovett is but Vidalia is very very good I'm telling you this is a tough team this is a team that always wins over 20 games always plays good defense, and always finds himself with an opportunity to make a deep run come state tournament time. And I think Vidalia is going to do that and get back to the final four. Bottom left-hand side, Early County rallies to beat Chattooga 70-68 on the last second buzzer beater. Stunning, stunning, stunning stuff. For Early County, who just runs and jumps and can play athletic and can hurt you, and they got a 1,000-point scorer inside. Early County playing with house money right now, getting the job done. They now see Westside Augusta, 82-72, winner over Columbia. And for anyone that is overly shocked, you know, it's surprising to see it happen, but when we have these, uh, this, this Region 4 versus Region 6 matchup of Westside versus Columbia and Pace versus Butler, Westside versus Columbia and Pace versus, uh, Pace versus Butler, it sounds like upsets, but it's really not. Those are the top four teams in the classification. Westside, I believe, came in uh, maybe number three in the state. Columbia was number two. Okay, three beat number two. That's not jaw-dropping stuff, really. Uh, Pace Academy who was number one, lost to uh, Butler, who I think was uh, number three. If What, Westside's number four, four beat two, three beat one, if I'm not mistaken. Like, these were games that we thought were going to be pretty close. Um, probably thought the other team would win, but they didn't. But 
Uh, Augusta really representing extremely well in the postseason. Like I said, West Side Augusta 82-72 over Columbia. I think they are going to steamroll uh, early county. Maybe not steamroll, but I think West Side Augusta is going to win this game, definitely. I think the good times, the good feelings for early county, 13-12 uh, and 12 overall. I think they run into something that they just cannot compete with. West side wins this one. Top right-hand side of the bracket, we already mentioned Butler playing without Kadar Bodie with a broken bone in his foot. Butler didn't even have arguably their best player and still beat Pace Academy. Very, very impressive stuff. Gantrell had a great game for Butler, scoring over 20 points. Now Butler sees Waco, a 49-25 winner over Heard County. Butler is going to go on the road to Waco, but I think Butler is going to go on the road to Washington County and come away with a big win and is going to make it to the Final Four. Butler has been a very good team all season long. They really, really have. They lost to Washington County 53-48 earlier in the season, so this is a rematch, but I think Butler is rolling. Other than that loss to Westside Augusta, um, I think I think they're ready for this. I think Butler is going to come into Washington County and beat the Golden Hawks and make it to the Final Four. I am believing in Augusta in Class 2A. Bottom right-hand side to wrap things up. We saw Woodville Tompkins. I was worried about Rabin County. I, I believe, if, if, if this is correct, Woodville Tompkins won this game in overtime, 72-63. Lenny Williams, he's been too quiet all season long. I was very nervous, very quiet. He's a, he's a presence on Twitter, but he was eerily quiet during the regular season. But now, boy, he's been popping off on Twitter with a lot of tweets, and Woodville Tompkins is peaking at the right time. He is back, energized. Woodville Tompkins, a huge win over Rabin County. Lucas Platana, 38 points, getting the job done, using that pressure defense, making things difficult. Good times, good vibes again in Savannah. Savannah and Augusta have really dominated this past weekend, past week of basketball. It all runs through the coast there. Savannah now plays Model, a 69-53 winner over Thomasville. A great win for Model. Now, this is going to be an interesting matchup because Model does provide some interesting looks that many teams don't see. Uh, they do have Jeremiah Hurd, who is a big six foot eight post presence, about 260 pounds or so inside. You don't see a whole lot of big size like that. He can put you on your back and he can on his back and can score around the rim. Jakinas Hurd, um, not quite as big, but athletic and long at about six foot five. Dane Fisher shoots the ball very well from the perimeter. Deion Richardson makes big shots and applies very good on ball defense. Model is pretty good, and they just provide a lot of things that you don't necessarily see. So we're talking about a big space-eating eight, a knockdown three-point shooter, and a very good on-ball defender, along with some other key pieces that do things on both ends of the floor. Poor hungry dog. I don't know how much hungrier they can get because they've been eating up pretty well in the state tournament. They have Woodville coming to their place. Again, it's going to come down to can they handle Woodville's pressure? Can they handle that press? And can they slow down Lucas Platana, Alfonso Ross? A couple good players. Zion Powers, Woodville Tompkins. They are playing with extreme confidence. It's going to be tough making that long trip again, but you know they already did it against Rabin. And again, Coach Lenny Williams, maybe this, maybe this is the year that he gets into the Final Four and make some havoc happen. I'm going 
with Woodville here. I know they're 17 and 10 overall, two seed out of Region 2. I'm going with Woodville, just their style of play. They're pretty athletic. They'll press. They have quality guards that can score at multiple levels. Model's tough, too, and they're going to pack it out. If Woodville can just not get killed inside, if Wes Walker's out there, six foot six, he's going to have to play a big role as far as just protecting the rim and trying to grab second-chance rebounds and eliminate second-chance opportunities for Model. I'm going with Woodville. Savannah area is hot right now, and I think the Wolverines, I think they can. I think they can. It will be tough, but I think they can get by model and make it to the Final Four. More craziness occurred in Class A private five of eight games. Woefully predicted correctly. Top left-hand side, Galloway, 80. Deerfield, Windsor, 57. Easy. Green Force, 80. Tula Falls, 34. Easy. Now, this is a big matchup here. Galloway, again, not a lot of size. Great offense, play great defense, all things considered. Anthony Arrington is a superstar, probably the best player in the classification. Uh, just tremendous, does everything for this team. Bradley Banner, three-point specialist. Quinton Alterman, shifty, good, smart guard, scores in a variety of ways, but they're playing green force. They're huge. Guy Chol, seven foot. DK Manuel, seven foot. Jalen Peterson, eligible now. At 6'8", jumps out of the building. This and they have a whole village of players to choose from. All tall, big, long, athletic. Jalen Forrest, a great guard. Florian Tenembe is a big body guard. They have so much to choose from. And in years past, this is a time Green Force crumbles. But I don't know. Galloway's really, really good. I think this is what, number one and maybe number two in the state in the in the uh, last state rankings, if that even matters this time of year. But these are two the two best teams the classification has seen all season long cons- consistently. I'm going with Green Force in this one. They, they've let me down many a time, but I just think just the size and the length and, my gosh, just if you can somehow keep Anthony Arrington in check, you have enough size and athleticism and talent to – I don't know, face guard. If you have to throw a junk defense, you're long enough inside to play a triangle in two and to cover enough ground. You have to do everything in your power to make sure Anthony Arrington does not go crazy and win this game for Galloway. Again, I'm going with my original pick of Green Force. I think Galloway does have a chance. They definitely, definitely, definitely have a chance to win this game with how well they shoot the ball and Anthony Arrington's heroics. But I'm going with Green Force. But we've seen this before. Bottom left-hand side, North Cobb Christian, 83-46 over Stratford Academy. And then George Walton, they had an injury to Kennedy Johnson. They lost 42-36 to Heritage School. Heritage, they have some size. Sean Nichols is a bigger guard. Max Skidmore is a, a talented perimeter player as well. But North Cobb Christian, they came out of that very competitive Region 7. They're the last team standing from Region 7. But Albert Wilson... Is Malkine Townshed going to be able to slow him down, an inside-out threat who has risen this team to another level? Josh Dixon, who's going to draw the assignment of trying to slow down Josh Dixon? Jack Hewitt, the lefty slasher that can knock down threes. Tremaine, um, Tremaine Davis, another very good player for this North Cobb Christian team. There is just so much uh, to, 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 uh, to really pull from from North Cobb Christian um, they shoot the ball very well. They're fairly deep. They have some, some bodies they can throw out there. 
Uh, I really like North Cub Christian. Uh, they have this game on the road, so that will be challenging going to Heritage. Um, but I think North Cub Christian, they've been the better team all season, I feel like. And they just have a lot, a lot, a lot of weapons. I'm going with North Cobb Christian. They've seen a lot of great competition throughout the year. I'm going with North Cobb Christian to beat Heritage, but Heritage can throw a monkey wrench into this very quickly. Top right-hand side, Kings Ridge 70-61. to They beat St. Anne Pacelli, but the huge shocker would not have predicted this. We saw Calvary Day take down Providence Christian, and they were up big. They were up by double digits uh, at halftime, and they were really just bullying their way, beating Providence Christian, who I had making to the state championship game. They beat Providence Christian 68-61. Um, Calvary Day, what, about 17, 18-6 overall? Uh, they just they, they killed them inside. Dayon O'Neill. Big football player, about 6'3", 6'4", 240 pounds or so. He was having his way in the post. Had over 20 points. He just continually put his shoulder into the chest of Tony Carpio and was able to back him down and score consistently. And that was just a stunning, stunning thing that they were able to have that advantage inside. He just used his strength and scored, you know, almost at will down there. And they got enough. From other players, they have some good athletes on the perimeter. You know, Juwan Johnson, um, Jake Merklinger is a good-looking, you know, quarterback that that plays a big role for this team. This is an athletic team, and they have some big bodies inside, like O'Neal. And the fact that they were able to just kind of manhandle Providence Christian in the paint that was very, very surprising. But now they see Kings Ridge, Kings Ridge, who does not have that type of size. Not even close to it. Micah Hoover's about 6'5", and that's about as big as they go. Well, these two teams, they played earlier in the season. And Kings Ridge, they blew out Calvary Day. And this was down there in Savannah. 68-43, to Kings Ridge absolutely dismantled Calvary Day. You know, is that going to be the exact same thing that's going to happen in round two? I, I can't foresee that happening, but that was a game that was played. Um, when was that? December 28th. You know, you would think Calvary Day had their football players back by then. Uh, they really took it to them. They really took it to them in this game. And I, I don't, I just, it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's this time of year where you just don't know what to expect. But Calvary Day, they're playing really good. Again, Savannah. Just all that good karma going down on the coast right now. Uh, I'm going to go with Kings Ridge Christian to win this one. Again, they already blew them out once, and this is a team that is, has secured some nice wins throughout. Uh, I'm going to go with Kings Ridge. They, they shoot the ball very well. Isaac Martin, Zach Mar- uh, also Zach Thomas, who just had over 1,000 points. They have a lot of good pieces. Um, but Calvary Day, they might be more athletic. They might be more physical, but Kings Ridge... Uh, I'm going to go with Kings Ridge, but crazy things happen, and Calvary Day definitely proved that. And again, Kings Ridge is going to have to go on the road to Calvary Day to get it done in a hostile environment. Had a great student section there for their game against Providence, but I'm going with Kings Ridge. Bottom right-hand side to wrap up Class A Private. St. Francis 55-52, close over Paideia. Now they see FPD 68 58 
They beat Mount Vernon Presbyterian. FPD getting the job done in a big way. Very, very impressive for this FPD team. Uh, Able to combat that size of Mount Vernon Presbyterian. They proved that FPD is the best Presbyterian school in the state, I guess, with a win. And now they move on and they will be seeing St. Francis. And in this matchup, I kind of like FPD here. I mean, Jay King's a great scorer. I know the, the matchup between him and Jace McCullough is going to be really good, but FPD at home, St. Francis, a four seed out of Region 6. I know they have talent on that roster, but I'm kind of leaning towards FPD in this one. Jay King is going to put up points in bunches. We know that. That's always what he does. Uh, can St. Francis kind of keep up pace with that? Uh, a big win over Mount Vernon, who, again, we mentioned that, that that posed some difficult matchups, but it did not hinder Jay King from getting the job done in company. And, you know, it's not all just Jay King. He he has gotten some, some big help, uh, especially down the stretch. I know King is averaging um, close to, what, about 30 points per game or so. But Jalen Goodrum's a good guard. Uh, he He's averaging 17 points per game if he's – if he's still available, let me see if he's still been playing lately. Um, but he's a very important guard that's that's kind of second in command. Uh, he hasn't played for a while if these uh, stats have been updated correctly. So that that is kind of a, an interesting thing to see there. Uh, so they'll, they'll need his firepower. But if he's out, that, that does kind of hurt. Uh, but other guys have definitely stepped up for this team. Uh, FPD getting uh, some big contributions from Jakari Williams. He had 14 points in that that, that win over Mount Vernon. Um, Darius Patterson had 13 points. And you're talking about Williams, who averages 12 on the year. But Patterson's just a five-point-per-game guy. Um, they found a way in you know, doing this without Jalen Goodrum, it looks like, during this stretch as I, as I look this up. Um, that makes it all the more impressive what FPD's doing. But you know Jay King, he's going to get over 30 shots. Per game in this one, I, I guess I'm going with FPD to beat St. Francis. Um, going to be an interesting matchup. FPD does have some quality football athletes out there, but Jay King, I think he's going to be the best player on the floor in this one, or at least the best score. And I'm going FPD to pull it off against the four-seed St. Francis. We wrap up with Class A public six out of eight games. We were able to nail down. Top left-hand side, Manchester 54, Jenkins County 52. Very close. Now they see Towns County, the defending state champs, led by Colin Crowder, still not going quietly into that dark night. 58-51, they win it at Charlton County, the number one seed out of Region 2. Uh, Manchester was my original pick here, but this Towns County team, they're tough as nails. They they really are. They don't have the star power like they had last year, but they play very hard. And this this is a tough team. Colin Crowder, as I mentioned, averaging over twenty, way over twenty points per game. And then Kyle Oaks is a second team selection on that Region Eight um, All Region team. Uh, I'm gonna stick with my original pick of Manchester, but at this point, Towns County. I feel like Towns County might be the Fannin County of girls basketball. Every time you want to pick against them, uh, it just doesn't end up working out for you. Towns is tough. 
Uh, I think, you know, they, they have this game. Uh, they're going to be, looks like they'll be on the road at Manchester. Uh, and man, like I said, Manchester, they got those big bodies and they can really play physical and bully you around the basket. And Travion Jackson is a, a quick little guard. Going with Manchester, but Towns County, they are definitely going to be in this game and definitely have a chance to win it. Bottom left-hand side, Warren County 74-52, winner over Mitchell County, a good win. And then Dublin 70-41 over Cinderella Story Commerce. Uh, this this is a, a good game coming up. Lorenzo Johnson versus uh, Zion Davis. Those are two good guards. Um, Dublin has this one at home. Dublin is very, very prepped and ready. Uh, I just wonder, does Warren County have enough depth? Do they have that size to go around uh, Johnson to kind of help out when playing big, strong, physical teams uh, like Dublin? Uh, can Warren County get the job done? It's going to be, again, a very tough environment to play against or play in. Quay Ashley is a tough guard. Sean Peacock, 6'6", protects the rim. Uh, I like Dublin in this one, but Warren County, if they can get this game into transition and if they can get Lorenzo Johnson loose for a couple clean looks, uh, he's a guy that can really score in bunches, averaging over 20 points per game. But I think Dublin has just been very good, very, very good all season long. Haven't lost to a team from Georgia yet, I don't believe. And I think Dublin will advance on to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, things got pretty wild. But it was Drew Charter getting it done against Dooley County, 64-60. Things are different without Jaquez Thornton, as I mentioned. That is the head of the stake. That is not there. But Dublin, or uh, Drew Charter, actually, um, they get the job done against Dooley County. Um, Pulled it out. Now they see Wilkinson County, 55-54. They beat Portal at Portal Wilco. They're just, what, 15-11, and 11, the three seed out of Region 7. I think Drew Charter should be okay in this one. Um, you know, they're going to have home court advantage. They don't have to worry about going to the Palace. Drew Charter's been the better team all season. I know they've kind of been two different teams with, with Thornton and without Thornton, but Jacoby Strozer, um, he, he plays a huge role. Cedric Taylor, of course. Uh, Cam Johnson, like they, they got guys still. They definitely got guys still over there at Drew Charter. I think they win this one. I don't think Wilkinson County is is quite good enough to, to play with these guys. You never know this time of year. Um, but I do like Drew Charter getting past that tough test of Dooley County. And now I think they're going to be able to beat Wilkinson County. And next up, bottom right-hand side, a game I have circled. I hope they have cell phone service or Wi-Fi in Edson, Georgia. Edson, Georgia over there uh, near Albany area. Uh, Social Circle, 107. Clinch County, 25. An absolute mauling. This, This team is different, folks. This team is very, very different. But now they will see Calhoun County. Very good in their own right, 97-65 over Macon County. So we have 29-0 Social Circle versus 26-0 Calhoun County, the only two undefeated teams in the state of Georgia, hooking up in the Elite Eight. Calhoun County with home court advantage, Social Circle, they're just coming at you from many different waves, just every imaginable imaginable, uh Scoring option is putting points on the board. They are relentless. They are playing with a chip on their shoulder. Um, 
They are just tough as nails. Back-to-back games, they've scored over 100 points in the postseason. They are dead set focused on winning the state title. Uh, you saw KJ Reed score 20 points. You saw Terrell Branch 19. You also saw Amarion Russell with 18. Cam Gaither with 13. Quinn Jackson with 13. Alamarius uh, Jackson with 11. This team is deep. They're good. There's something Calhoun County has not seen all year long. I think Calhoun County obviously is very good in their own right. This is this is not going to be a blowout, I don't think. I just can't foresee that. But I just know if if it means anything, Social Circle has played infinitely better competition than Calhoun County has this year, and they have won every single game. Marcus Shaw is a very good coach at Calhoun County. He just always finds a way to win. He's got those two co-players of the year, Telly's Wiley and Dewan Enneker. Those guys can play, but I'm telling you, social circle is tough. But we will see. Can they out-tough Calhoun County? Can they get the job done in a crazy, crazy, crazy environment? I'm going with social circle. They're the best team in Class A public. They've been the best team all season long. I'm going with social circle to win this one, but I think Calhoun County is going to be able to make this game interesting. But I'm going with the Redskins. And that will wrap up the Elite Eight preview podcast. Thank you for tuning in. A lot of great games, a lot of madness, a lot of stuff. I know it's bulletin board material season. A lot going on across the state of Georgia. Hopefully, I'm not too far off on these picks. Hopefully, I get most of them right, but anything goes this time of year. Until next time, the Final Four preview podcast. I will talk to you later, and I will see you in the Jim.